Welcome to Porcelain Peak, a strange and scary podcast covering all things horror and science fiction. That's going to be a psych from that intro because this week John is not with us. What a loser. <laughs> Your words, not mine, but I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I know that we promised you guys that we were going to be talking about Ad Astra, but we didn't want to miss John's opinion on that. So, we are going to postpone that for another week. Yeah, and John and I have both seen it and we definitely have opinions on it. So, I think we just need a little bit more time too to just unpack that so we'll definitely be getting you some some lengthy conversation about it once we've all seen it and we've all had a little bit of time to bask in the glory that is brad pitt in space <laughs> in the meantime anthony and i are going to pivot a little bit we're going to stick with the sci-fi theme but we are going to be talking about a crossover with sci-fi comedies similar to how we did the horror comedies we're just going to go through some of our favorites and kind of dive into them a little bit before we get into that let's Start with some news. The news. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. What the prime time, bitch? So I found out today, and I mentioned it to you guys a few times, but those Hell House LLC movies, uh-huh. the third one just came out. Okay. So I got an email from Shudder, and it was like, Hell House LLC 3 something is out. And I was like, oh, tight, dude. I was so close to breaking the September Starve immediately. Are those, like, the, are those the Zach Baggins ones? The the ones, the, the guy that does the ghost adventures or whatever? Uh, no, it doesn't look like it. Okay, well, I'm totally wrong. But I, I have a vague idea of what those are. And apparently now I'm three behind, so. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so the third one is called Lake of Fire. And, I mean, I have no idea if it's any good or if it's going to be a continuation. I really liked the first one. And then the second one I liked up until the end. It got a little bit too much for me. Uh So I'm excited to see if they're able to pull it off again. But for the most part, those movies are pretty scary. Especially if you watch them in the dark and you kind of get the whole ambiance going on. It's pretty creepy. Well, because I've I've been trying to... Uh, I just got my hue light in my room to start working again so I can get like some creepy dim red light. And I've really been wanting <laughs> to just like sit and watch something scary. So maybe I'll have to, where can I watch those? I believe at least two of them are on shutter. The third one is a shutter exclusive. So okay, sweet. only find it on shutter. Cool. Well, I got shutter. So I think that's what I'll be doing tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. I'm fucking ready. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, whole starve bullshit is an awful idea and I don't know if I'll keep doing it. And I think maybe it's because I can't do it that I want to do it so badly. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that anyone in the right mind would approve that as, <laughs> as as something that you should do. But, you know, to each his own. Yeah, but by the time we get to the end of October and we have to watch all those random ass movies, I'm probably going to be like, yeah, fuck horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a good idea to kind of try to starve yourself so that you really you can go as long as possible in, in our upcoming 31 movies without getting completely exhausted. Because <laughs> I'm sure a lot of those movies are going to be big duds but they, they, it might be fun to talk about you know i'm excited to see if we find some little gems in that list that we've put together that we'll right. be teasing here you know pretty soon actually speaking of um we have a pretty set list it has been morphing a little bit since it was finalized i guess not finalized but since we made it but i'm pretty excited to see what we're gonna be watching and and to share that with you guys yeah i'm definitely super excited um, in my neck of the woods uh, for news, I sent you this because I knew that you would be really excited about it, but a uh, lot of talk going around about the big DC TV crossover, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, in the comics, Crisis on Infinite Earths is this huge crossover event between different dimensions in the DC universe. So you have all these different Superman and all this, and they're doing their you know, more than I really ever thought they would with this particular version on TV. I mean, they've done their crossovers with the Arrowverse and Flash and all that in the past. And those have been cool. You know, they they brought in Supergirl. But earlier this year, they actually announced that uh, Brandon Routh was coming back. You know, he played Superman and Superman Returns and then also played uh, the Atom, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 
that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with him coming back. But I'm super stoked to see him coming back as Superman because as much as people didn't like that movie and things can get awkward when you talk about Kevin Spacey, you know, in any context, <laughs> I liked him as Superman. The bigger news, though, for Smallville fans is that Tom Welling is officially confirmed to be coming back as Clark Kent. The story is going to pick up 10 years after the end of the show. We're going to see what he's been up to, which I never expected. I remember, you know, even if that show got pretty pretty bad toward the end, I stuck through it the whole time, and I was I was a huge fan, and I've gone back and I've rewatched the seasons, and it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Nice to see that Tom Welling's going to be getting a little bit of work. Um, and we were talking about whether we thought that any of the other Smallville cast was going to come back. Well, I actually just, this is breaking news, <laughs> just looked it up, and Lois, Erica Durantz, is actually coming back. She has agreed to take up the role again as Lois Lane, and they're going to have a little reunion. So it's going to be cool to see. Um, I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, I ha- I'm way behind on any of the Arrowverse stuff. I don't expect that I'm going to be able to catch up, but I'm definitely going to be tuning in. I believe it's a... F- uh, a five-part uh, crossover, shit. so it's gonna be pretty big. It's yeah, like two movies. Yeah, so um, they're they're doing it big, just like we were talking about with the Marvel universe. I'm hoping some people die. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping some big characters die. There've been some rumors that we might see, but then again, it's multiple dimensions. So really, you know, is anybody ever really gone? Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. We'll have to wait to see. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna tune in and I'm gonna be watching it, and I. I'm really excited to see. I mean, because we really didn't get to see Tom Welling as Superman. We saw the brief little glimpse of him opening his shirt with the S shield at the end of the show. And that was kind of a a belly flop for people who had been waiting the entire time to see him as Superman. So, I mean, picking up 10 years later, I assume we're going to see him as Superman in costume. Maybe actually fly. Yeah. Just jump. (laughs) Right. Definitely going to check that out. And um, yeah, if if any of you out there are fans of the Arrowverse or or Flash, I'm sure you're excited about it, too. Uh, if you were fans of Smallville, I mean, the, the producers and everybody said Smallville is the only reason that those shows even ever existed. Smallville showed that the formula could work. And so they were like, yeah, of course, we're going to bring in people from Smallville if we can. I mean, Arrow is essentially the same thing. They are, And even Flash, they just hunt other people. Like, Flash legit hunts metahumans. That's exactly what Clark did. Yeah. He just hunts the meteor, the meteor freaks. The meteor freaks, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm stoked because if anyone remembers, we did that little Brightburn video um, a few months back and we used one of my Smallville DVDs. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've, like you said, I've, I've been a big fan of that show since the beginning. I watched it end. I was also a little bit disappointed by the ending. Yeah. So I'm excited that Tom Willing's coming back and doing that again. And it's super playing into my nostalgia. And I, it's cool that Lois is going to be in there because I feel like they need it to be complete. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like they ever really did justice with that relationship, us seeing it happen the way that people expected it to happen, you know, in the Superman mythos or whatever. And and, and that was the case with a lot of the stuff in that show. But um, I, I definitely think that we're living in a really interesting time now where nothing is ever really canceled forever or gone. Things are coming back after years of being gone with reboots and, and you know, continuations. Casts are coming back. These Streaming services can toss enough mo- uh, Mooney, enough money um, <laughs> at the project and, and at the people and get them to come back in. And I'm all for it. You know, play into my nostalgia. I want to see that stuff that gets me all hyped about how I felt when I was watching those shows, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's cool for fans because you get that shit. Like, I mean, it's not really our wheelhouse, but 90210 and Saved by the Bell are getting like continuation shows, yeah. which is fucking weird. And who cares? But I'm sure there's people out there that are super stoked about it. So, I mean, if Smallville came back, I would 100% still watch it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Briefly, let's mention Three from Hell kind of was released. They did like a three-day release where it was on the 16th, the 17th, and 18th in select theaters. Some showings got special things with them. Some of them, or one of them, I think, was just a double feature. Um, That being said, I haven't heard great things about the movie. I heard mediocre things about the movie but i'm i'm still gonna check it out yeah and we'll always just have devil's rejects and end it there if we need to (laughs) well yeah and i mean that's how i am with zombie like i i typically don't i think he's a super interesting guy he makes really interesting stuff i really i'm just not really a big fan of his movies i i've forced myself i've had friends force me kind of to watch them so i've seen all of his movies except for maybe one or two but i've seen house of a thousand corpses i thought it was all right 
you know, I saw his Halloween movies. I thought the first one was all right. You know, it was cool at the time. Saw the sequel, really didn't like it. What was the other one that he made? The the Salem one or something like that? Oh, Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Yeah, I didn't see that. I think it's the one I skipped out on. But then I saw The Devil's Rejects and I was like, fuck yeah, this movie is awesome. And I loved it. So when I found out that they were making, that he was making a sequel, I was like, cool, do that. Because everything else you're doing, like 31, I almost fell asleep. I was so just bored. The yeah. ending's cool. You know, and I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I just didn't have expectations for this movie. I was excited that it was happening. But I mean, that and then also reading the news about, you know, everything happening with Captain Spaulding, mm. like the actor being very sick. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm scared for him. It sounds like he's got a lot going on. And unfortunately, that means that Zombie had to rewrite the movie like 10 times, mm-hmm. you know, and really, really tone down one of the three from hell. So it's like two point you know, three from hell or something. (laughs) So that's unfortunate. And I think maybe the movie shouldn't have come out, but I'll check it out. You know, I, I'd like to see it and just see those characters again and, and see if he pulls something off. I've heard good things from some people who are big zombie fans. Um, so I'd be interested to go into it as somebody who really isn't a big zombie fan and just see if it's something that I enjoy. The Devil's Rejects was perfect. That ending was perfect. Probably one of the best endings in a movie I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And so to fuck with that, it just almost seems like why? Unless you had something that's going to blow us away and it doesn't sound like that's what this is. Yeah, and maybe he did at one point. But, I mean, a script that has to be rewritten ten times. Right. Yeah. Really doesn't sound promising. But But if we can see it, we'll definitely share it with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Then let's move on to some of that trivia. Oh, shit. Here's how we play. I ask a question. If you get it right, Steve lives. Come on, it'll be fun. It's an easy category. Be trivia. Give you a warm-up question. All right, without John, we won't be able to do Steelzies. And if we tie, I don't know what we're going to do. So Knife fight. <laughs> I say it every time, knife fight. Okay. Your first clue is a 1993 fantasy. And the quote is from a song, and it's, Kidnap the Santa Claus, throw him in a box. Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you were really, uh, really on pitch there. Thanks, man. <laughs> So you got a 1996 sci-fi film. Ugh. Your quote is, they blew up Congress. Ah, ha, 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 ha. That sounds silly. I don't know. Mars Attacks. Oh, you got it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised because we had talked about how I Mars have. Attacks is something you haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like, ah, ha, I don't know. I could see those weird looking aliens. Yeah, I should have done it like John and just done a completely like deadpan. Just... <laughs> Delivery. I don't drink. <laughs> All right, man. Your next one is going to be a 2009 horror. Your quote is rule number two, double tap. Zombieland. Yeah. <laughs> Which we're getting a sequel to that I also don't have high hopes for, but. And how long has that shit been? I don't know. I feel like it's been at least 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It was good. And it's like nowadays it seems like if something's good, the sequels get greenlit almost immediately. So it's weird to me that because that movie performed well and it was well received. It was it's weird that that just didn't go straight into a sequel. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure why that would be, but I do think part of it might be that all of those people in that movie, besides like Woody Harrelson, who already kind of had a career, like Jesse Eisenberg and and Emma Stone, like they kind of blew up after that, and they've had a ton of other shit they've been doing. So maybe they were like not interested until this point or something. You know? Yeah. Probably has some articles come out eventually that tells us some why? of the you know why that happened. But for your next one, you have a 1991 thriller. And your oh, quote is, man. I understand. I'm not your type. Too many tattoos. Well, if I take another clue, then I automatically lose. <laughs> so, so you either take a wild guess or forfeit. Yeah. Uh, memento. Ooh, no. It's Cape Fear. Ah, bitch. All right. Damn, two-week streak. The old two-week streak. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed that news and that trivia, then hit that subscribe button so you can get that shit every week. Typically, this is the point where we shout out PodCoin, and that is still active right now, but we got some news recently that PodCoin is soon to be dissolved. Womp womp. So get in while you can, get them coins, use our code PORCELAIN, and then get your gift card and get the fuck out of there. (laughs) 
outside of that, let's jump in to our main dish. I know this steak doesn't exist. I know that when I put it in my mouth, the matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realize? Ignorance is bliss. All right. Well, the first one that I think that I'm going to just throw out there, um, one from our childhood, is Space Jam, man. <laughs> Ooh, good choice. Good choice. Didn't even cross my mind when I was making my list, but yeah. <laughs> I would like to say Mars Attacks, but uh, I've never seen that shit. But I'm sure if I did, it'd probably be on this list. But yeah, I mean, Space Jam came out when we were kids, and it was everything it was, that I it was, was about. It was my life. I was jamming when I was a kid. <laughs> Had a great song. You know, and uh, everybody get up. <laughs> yeah, it was, it didn't, and and Daffy was hilarious. Yeah, all those tunes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the bunny, the the bunny, <laughs> and then the girl bunny, <laughs> <laughs> who I was weirdly attracted to as a, as a child. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's been fucking at least. 15 years since I've seen that movie. At least. I mean, I don't think I watched it when I was a teenager either. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. So. It's so burned into my brain that I feel like I would never have to watch it again. And I would and I would know it, like, basically beat for beat. Pretty much. Yeah, like, I remember the Monstars and, like, them getting all the basketball players' power, you know, abilities. And then turning into the big... They were really cute. And then they turn all big and scary and... Yeah. And then there's that scene where the, the basketball court's hella dirty. And then Taz does, like, the... Spit shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember always thinking that was really gross. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can you do that? <laughs> right. And then, uh, you know, they go to space. Which... And they jam, yeah. And then Bill Murray shows up. Yeah, I mean. And gets squashed. Yeah, speaking of Bill Murray showing up, I mean, we were just talking about Zombieland. Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray, Michael Jordan was huge at that point. Huge. And they even references baseball career at that point yeah which is really strange i remember just like being really really confused because i wasn't into sports but i knew you were supposed to like michael jordan so that kind of gave me like <laughs> an in to like knowing anything about him I was like oh yeah he's in space jam yeah, he plays basketball yeah um <laughs> then you watch it you're like that's not basketball yeah um apparently i th there have been talks about this for years, years now yeah. but apparently we're supposed to be getting a sequel with, with LeBron, lebron yeah yeah i mean i think people would be all over it. people love lebron People love Space Jam, and nostalgia is so, like, the shit right now. It's That's the right everything. time for it, because they really, really shit the bed with Looney Tunes with some of the movies. I think the Brendan Fraser one was awful, um, and they just really drove that into the ground with Looney Tunes, and so they've given it some time, given some people some time away from Looney Tunes. So maybe we can stop in with Looney Tunes and see what they've been doing, you know, for the last 10 years. And, and I think LeBron owns the rights to it or something. Like, he has a production company. Yeah. And he's trying to get Friday the 13th. Oh, really? From the last I remember, yeah. I mean, that lost. Is he going to play Jason? <laughs> I'd, I mean, I'd, fuck it. I'd watch it. Yeah. He didn't Jason ask. Duncan on people. <laughs> That's how he kills them. He just slams basketballs into their heads. <laughs> their heads are the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that probably has happened at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed that movie as a kid. I'm sure it, now watching it, it's probably not very good, but I think that I would still enjoy it as from... From a nostalgia point of view. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that thing. That, yeah. Um, for my first one, uh, is also, it's also a movie from my childhood, but it's a movie that I I always get more and more appreciation of as I get older. Uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, that's on my list, too. <laughs> yeah. I figured that we probably have that. I, you can't really do a sci-fi comedy list without doing Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man, that movie's so good. And, and I was just talking to someone about it the other day, how movies from the 80s or wherever have dates in the future and now we're starting to come up on those dates and that one was the one that happened 2015 i think yeah yeah and so that's been super weird to to be in the future dates well and then you're getting these things like uh was it nike doing the whole self-lacing shoes yeah in 2015 and that was a whole big thing and, and everybody was getting all excited about companies trying out hoverboards you know the movie the movie made people want to try to make that vision or as much of a reality as possible. Yeah. We're not living in anything that's anywhere near as wacky. And I'm really glad that the fashion did not get to that <laughs> point. Uh, but yeah, it's it, that movie is 
perfect. I, especially the first one. I love the second one too. For a long time, I, I would have said that the second one was my favorite, but I've gotten even more and more appreciation for just how perfectly structured and, and acted. I mean, Michael J. Fox, that was my first exposure to him. And he just, and it's crazy that he wasn't originally, it was Eric Stoltz originally cast as that character. Right. And they have Those footage of him. Super weird. Yeah. Dressed completely different, completely different attitude, whole different person. And they just decided, nope, he's not right. And Michael J. Fox became available and he just blew that movie out of the water. Him and Christopher Lloyd, classic pairing. You, it doesn't get better than that. Didn't they shoot a lot of that movie with Stoltz? Yeah. Like, it was almost done, wasn't yeah. it? They had, they had to scrap a ton of footage that's, and start over. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder how shitty he feels. <laughs> it's like, you know, I made that movie. Right. Psych. <laughs> I was the original Marty McFly. Yeah, I don't think I could believe anybody else as Marty McFly. Like, do you think that at this point they would do a four or would have done a four at some point? I think so. I I I, I definitely think that his health is a huge part of why they haven't done that. And Christopher Lloyd is pretty old That's at this true. point. He still shows up and stuff, but but he he looks like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yeah, he really does. It's terrifying. But I I miss them. I would love to see them together again. It's just it would be really tough to do. And they've done like reunion, on reunion things on yeah. shows and stuff like that. Yeah. It's always fun to see them together, and it's it's nice that they seem to still have a love for that franchise. I always see the first two movies as being a, kind of a perfect pairing, and then the third one is kind of the weird outlier that I still enjoy, but not nearly as much as the first two. But, I mean, it's so cool to watch the first one and then go into the second one and have the whole time travel going back into the first one. It To me, it's a perfect pairing. And you, and in the second one, you get to see all the, the future stuff. and, and um, But yeah, that first one... Uh, I'll watch it anytime. Yeah, and I mean, I was making jokes, you know. It's your cousin, Marvin Berry. Yeah, <laughs> which I didn't get as a child. And then as a kid, I was like, oh, I know who Chuck Berry is. Like, <laughs> I, like as I was getting older and started like learning about music. It's a perfect movie. The DeLorean is classic. So much iconography. Great score. Anytime I hear it, that, that score can make any scene better. They even used it in Stranger Things in the newest season. Oh, they really? use it toward the end, yeah. And it just makes any scene so much more exciting and adventurous and yeah perfect and you know the science checks out oh yeah absolutely (laughs) neil degrasse tyson tweeted about it (laughs) you can't see a delorean and not think of that movie anymore yeah i mean there are whole clubs about it because of that movie there are whole clubs of people who are getting deloreans and outfitting them to look exactly like the time machine with the flux capacitor um the little little blender thing in the back uh that they throw a bunch of shit in to fuel it um in the second one yeah it's it's a classic, and people love the shit out of it, and I do. I mean, obviously, it's on both of our lists, so. Yeah, I mean, and we could probably do an episode on that movie or that franchise alone. Oh, yeah. I could talk about it forever. Since that was on my list, I'll go ahead and jump to another one. One that I'll mention that's actually sci-fi, horror, and comedy, so it kind of hits all the marks, is one I'm pretty sure that we've watched it, and we've definitely talked about it, is Night of the Creeps. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. It's got some great one-liners, right? The the good news is your dates are here. <laughs> the bad news is they're dead. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I mean that movie is B. It's, it's B in the best possible way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's fantastic and it's it's so campy. And I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't seen it until probably two years ago when I was doing the last time I did the thirty-one horror movies. It was on my list, and um, I I didn't know what to expect going into it. I didn't know it was going to be so campy and so hilarious. And going into it, I just, I loved it. I was like, finally, one of these movies that is campy and super, super dumb, (laughs) but enjoyable for it, you know? And that's a sweet spot that's hard to hit. And a lot of the movies that I watched that year and a lot of the movies that we've seen that have similar kind of titles and things like that, they they don't hit that mark. They're just really poorly made or the jokes don't land. But yeah, the one liners, the, just the whole vibe of that movie is, I want to, I definitely want to revisit it. Yeah, it, it, it's fun, and it knows it knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything serious. It's not trying to do anything crazy. It's just a good time. And if you're into horror, if you're into sci-fi, and you're into comedy, then it's it's got to be on your list. Yeah, so my next one, um, I think at this point, especially as the years have gone on, has become even more and more solidified as a classic, Galaxy Quest. Oh, you know what? I've actually never seen it. What? That's the one with Tim Allen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched it as a kid, but I have no recollection of it. I know it's like they're on a TV show and then they actually go to space, right? Yeah. So basically the whole thing is a, it's a Star Trek parody. Mm. So 
Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman and Sam Rockwell, your boy, Tony Shalhoub, they're, they're all, they were all part of this cast on the show that was basically, you know, like the original Star Trek. They had this huge following, were really successful. Now they're burnouts. It, it, it jumps forward and they're, they're going to conventions and signing autographs and especially Tim Allen's character, super burnout. Basically the premise is they get picked up by an alien race that needs their help who has been watching the TV show as if it's historical records from earth. So they all get pulled up and have to basically act their, their parts from the TV show. And they go on this big space adventure. It's hilarious. Alan Rickman is amazing. You know, rest in peace to that guy. She's <laughs> yeah. But everybody in that Sam Rockwell is absolutely hilarious. They're all great. Tim Allen, you know, before he went crazy, you know, he, he, he did a, he does a great job in that. And then Sigourney Weaver, she's, gorgeous in the movie and she's on the other side of of uh of sci-fi <laughs> yeah and then it has um what's his face uh from um, the only thing I, I can think of is from is tusk uh jeepers creepers justin long justin long oh really yeah pretty sure that was his first movie I, uh, that he was in and he's in it as a fan who comes to the convention and he has uh, to like you know help them out and stuff and he's the big nerdy super fan he's super young in that movie too it was like before he, his career took off so yeah, definitely a super fun movie the effects actually hold up pretty well for when that was made. But yeah, I would say definitely check it out. We haven't seen it. it. It gets better. I saw it as a kid and I just liked it because of the space adventure stuff. But as you grow older, a lot of the adult jokes, which there are a lot, they'll make you crack up. It's so good. It seems interesting to look at that movie through the lens of our last episode, which was aliens coming and aliens abducting and aliens viewing earthlings. And to think that maybe an alien race wouldn't have entertainment such as TV and for them to be like, oh, this is documentation of historical records. And so abducting those people like that in itself is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great concept. And yeah, it, the idea that the aliens, they wouldn't know the difference. They would see this and think, oh, this is just documentary footage from this planet. Right. Uh, and these people are these space adventurers. We need help. Let's get the best guys for the job. <laughs> and they're all these washed up actors who are miserable. Uh, especially Tim Allen, he's like an alcoholic, and he's just miserable, and he knows his career is basically over. Sounds and like then, you're just describing Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it, it was definitely a premonition of things to come. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out. I, I want to revisit it. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen parts of it here and there as a kid, but I never sat down and have like a recollection of it. Yeah, I, mean? I think you'd love it. It's definitely your taste. Uh, one that I want to mention briefly and not really dive into because you haven't seen it is The Fifth Element. Okay. That movie, I think it's great. It's it's fun. It's definitely campy. It's very silly, but it's it's got some cool stuff. And Mila Jovovich is uh, pretty hot. So, yeah, I mean, I I, mean, I still plan to watch it. Obviously, that's one you know one of my sci-fi misses. So I'm kind of uh, obligated to check it out. Uh, it's it's queued up. I just need to get around to sit, sitting down and really giving it the time of day because I don't want to half-ass it. You know, I want to make sure that my my verdict on it at the end is i sat down and i really gave this thing a chance i'm mostly wanting to watch it because gary oldman looks completely dude he's almost unrecognizable yeah yeah it's crazy and i was watching an interview with him the other day and he was talking about that role and i always forget that he's in it and i love him in basically anything that he's in i want to see him play a, a wacky villain with you know weird hair <laughs> yeah so i i am more excited to watch it now because i know he's in it and i know that he's weird and crazy and i want to see that yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in a few years, and I'm not 100% sure that it would hold up. Like, if, if you showed that to somebody for the first time who had no idea what it was, I don't know if they would like it. Yeah. And I don't know if I like it because I just grew up with it, or if I like it because it's a good movie. But either way, I mean, it's a definitely science fiction, and it's definitely a comedy, and and it's kind of one of those ones where it's like, what? Who let the who let them make this? Like, that was... Who greenlit this shit? Yeah. That always reminds me of that. Like, old movies... I feel like they're like, yeah, make it, make it, make it. Nowadays, it's like, well, let's let's pick and choose. Yeah, let's go through tons and tons of analytics and figure out what's going to be the biggest cash grab. Let's get you know the Rock involved and let's <laughs> let's oh Jumanji. Okay, you know that's a property that people remember. Yeah, so it's definitely you don't get as much of that weird original shit. Um, that director tried to do that movie Valerian more recently and a lot of that stuff in that movie reminded me of the fifth element and fifth element stays pretty practical and that movie did not and that's to me that's some of the charm of fifth element is that how practical it is and how if that movie were to be made today it just wouldn't be the same yeah and that i think that's an example of of that exactly because that movie is heavy on the computer graphics 
and to me that fell short it felt like they were trying to do more too much world building and make it very fifth like if you watch the fifth element you watch that movie you can tell they're the same guy yeah that's what i've heard and i haven't seen either so maybe i'll have to watch both um it almost looks like it takes place in the same town (laughs) oh really yeah like it's it's like you just took your own shit (laughs) and tried and tried to make it something else yeah well i guess in the theme of uh you know i'll touch on this briefly some things that the other person hasn't seen uh attack the block Oh, I did. I was going through some lists, and I was like, I bet you he's going to talk about that. Yeah, I, it has to be on my list. Every time I watch that movie, I enjoy it more than the last time. And it really is interesting to see people like John Boyega, who was a nobody at the time, to have blown up into a the biggest sci-fi property that exists, Star Wars, you know, to see him with his British accent playing, you know, it's just a bunch of these really, really funny kids if you're going to watch it, turn on the subtitles because they're very hard to understand. They're very, <laughs> uh, you know, the block is they're in the projects. And the idea is they're living in the projects, you know, trying to be little gangsters, robbing people. And they think they see some fireworks and it's aliens have come down to attack the block. And the aliens are almost entirely practical. They look amazing. They're very weird, very original designs. And the comedy is great. Nick Frost Shows up in it as a drug dealer oh, nice. for a few parts, and he's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And uh, Jody Whittaker, who went on to be in uh, Broadchurch and now plays the new Doctor in Doctor Who, mm-hmm. she was in it too, and that was the first time I'd ever seen her. So there are these people where their careers really blew up after this movie, and I like to go back to that movie because it's so simple. It's and it's short. I love just a short, simple, well-paced, fun movie. Uh, definitely a comedy. But it really has some interesting, scary parts with the aliens. I think it's something that anyone who hasn't seen it should check out. How's the design on the aliens? Because you mentioned them being practical. Is the costume design pretty good? Yeah, so they're these, they're these weird... It, they're kind of hard to explain, but they're these weird black-furred, almost like hounds. Oh, wow. Where the only thing that you see is when they open their mouths, they have these glowing blue, like, dripping teeth. So they have these big sharp mouths that open up and then they're all these weird where you almost can't see the shape of them where the fur they're almost like amorphous a lot of the time and um a lot of that is people in suits and then obviously a little bit of cg augmentation but the design was very original for for an alien design it was something that i hadn't seen before and it's so simple too it's not overly complicated with tentacles and little arms and all this weird shit. It doesn't match any of the criteria of the aliens we talked about on the last episode. Is it a gray? <laughs> yeah. And, a mantis? and they have a whole, um, they, they do a whole like system of their, like their biology, kind of like alien where it shows kind of different stages of that alien briefly and kind of how their, their like mating system works. Like, it, I mean, you obviously don't see that, but like fair, it's all, it's very, you think they would exist. They, they definitely feel like an actual thing that could exist and they have a whole system that works and everything plays out toward that in the plot i had to put it on the, on my list even though i knew you hadn't seen it i thought it was something where i would encourage anybody to go check it out i remember when it was coming out i was interested in it and it was just one of those things that fell by the wayside you know what i mean yeah it's fallen off a lot of people's radar i don't talk to a lot of people who have seen it before and i think that's something that needs to change especially if you like the people that i mentioned if you like nick frost john boyega jody whitaker and any of the things that they've been in now definitely go check it out oh looks like we're getting a caller hold on people let's answer this one uh, hey, caller, welcome to Porcelain Peak. What can we do for you? Uh, yeah, this is John, um, long-time listener, first-time caller. I wanted to talk about some of my some of my favorite sci-fi comedies. All right, John, let's uh, have them. Uh, so, uh, one that may not be on everybody's radar and that you may not necessarily think about right off the bat, Wally, the Pixar Ooh. Disney film. Interesting uh, pick. It is definitely 1,000% sci-fi, and it has some of the best physical comedy in an animated film ever. Yeah, and it's got the ties to horror, too, with the the ship's computer. Oh, yeah. It's got that, uh, that HAL 9000 business. Right. Another one that I really like that's more on the comedy with a light sci-fi kind of feel to it is Idiocracy. Ooh, with Luke Wilson. Ooh, coming in yeah, with these uh, That very one's a lot of picks. fun. Um, and it's also, like, terrifying because it could be a real thing. <laughs> Those movies are kind of similar in a way. We're living in the idiocracy already. 
Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. My question is, how the hell did you get this number? <laughs> <laughs> I have connections. <laughs> All right, John, you got anything else for us? I think that's it. Sorry I couldn't be there for the full episode. <laughs> it's, it's all right, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, keep it creepy, John. Keep it creepy. <laughs> well, then let's get into our tops, or I guess our last one. But this one is a really good movie, and I think you will agree with me, but I would like to talk about Safety Not Guaranteed. Ooh, yeah. I actually saw that on the list, and I haven't seen it in so long that I didn't feel like I could honestly put it on the list without revisiting it, but I remember loving it when I saw it. Yeah, I've seen it a few times, and if you're not familiar with this one, it's Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass. And he is kind of a recluse and seemingly pretty crazy, and he is attempting to build a time machine. And I don't know how they meet. I don't remember that exactly. Isn't it a um, there's like a newspaper ad because it's um, Jake Johnson doesn't isn't he a reporter or something? Oh, and yeah, there's okay. the, the guy puts out a new Mark Duplass's character puts out a newspaper ad. I don't know how I remember this movie better than you if you've seen it several <laughs> times, but yeah, he puts out a newspaper ad because it was based on an actual newspaper ad, uh, like a like a joke newspaper ad in real life where somebody put out a thing like, you know, need assistance with building a time machine. And so they made this whole movie around that idea. And so Jake Johnson and I believe Aubrey Plaza go to meet Mark Duplass's character. Yeah. And they end up trying to, trying to build a time machine essentially. And and it's, it's funny and it's charming. And I, before I watched it, I had been more of an Aubrey Plaza fan than I was a Mark Duplass fan because of things like parks, parks and rec, you know? Yeah. And then watching this and watching his career, kind of shift from being this goober on the league into a pretty decent filmmaker and pretty good actor. Yeah, he's a super smart guy, and he I, I love a lot of the like, creep, you know? I mean, these are people that in this movie right. have gone on to do really good horror. Um, I mean, Aubrey Plaza being in the... I, I wouldn't say really good, but she was in the newest <laughs> Child's Play. You know, obviously they've gone on to do other horror and sci-fi-related things since then. And Yeah, Creep, Creep 2. They're supposed to be making a Creep 3. I, I've heard that they're... I'm working on it right now, so I'm pretty excited about that. I've enjoyed those movies very much. And then what was that show he did for HBO? The, like, Room... Room 109 or something like that. <laughs> I was going to say 405. I was going to say 247, so... <laughs> so, one of those rooms. Yeah. He did He did that show, right? He was yeah. the, the creative power behind that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and he's done stuff outside of the genre, too. He's pretty good. He's good, I think, in front of the camera and behind the camera. And this was the first movie that I saw him in kind of a different light. I was like, you you got some more shit to you. He's got you chops, I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and then Colin Trevorrow, the director, he it was the classic indie to huge franchise. He went from that to directing the the Jurassic World movies. And then he was supposed to be tied to this Star Wars movie that we're getting later in the year. Originally, he was going to be the director. And because of some behind-the-scenes shenanigans with him maybe not being able to deliver or something, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. And sometimes people... Can't follow through, and we got Abrams back on that. We'll see how that pans out. I think but. Disney probably got nervous because of the reaction to the last one and then the reaction to the Han Solo movie. So I think that they probably like, uh, not that you couldn't do it, but we need someone who's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, we need a safe bet. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Abrams is. Not yeah. that he's a bad filmmaker, but he's a safe bet. He's a safe bet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I would 100% recommend that movie. Like I said, it's it's fun and it's it's kind of kind of a quirky comedy, I guess I would say, but it's got a lot of heart and the ending's pretty good. Yeah, I do remember the ending and I do remember it being pretty good. So for my last one, felt like I I, uh, I added this last minute and felt like I couldn't leave it off the list, but Men in Black. Oh, that's a classic, man. Yeah, uh, speaking of you know, like movies that have really good theme songs attached, here come the Men in Black. Yeah, that was back when Will Smith was just knocking it out of the park with the, everything. With everything, yeah. And then he uh, took a trip to the wild, wild west. <laughs> that also got a great theme song. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> that always just reminds me of South Park now. Yeah. That episode where Cartman sings that the whole episode. I think that's the one where they reference Alien a lot, too. Where he's like, they mostly come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a classic. It's... I can't speak too much for any of the sequels. I liked the third one when it came out. I remember liking the, it. The, were they with Josh Brolin playing yeah. a young Tommy Lee Jones, and that was like kind of before Josh Brolin. Obviously, I mean, he had been in some stuff, but he hadn't really blown up like he has now with Thanos and all of that. That first one, again, if it was if that was the only one that existed, it's a pretty perfect movie in my opinion. And that one might have a little bit more nostalgia playing into it. But I mean, Vince D'Onofrio, uh, you wow, know, wow. 
playing a cockroach inside of a, a person's body. More sugar. Like, you know, it, 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 cre- it creeped me out when I was a kid. It was very strange. And it, obviously, like, the cockroach coming out. But Will Smith, endless charisma. Tommy Lee Jones, perfect pairing. You get this this unstoppable force with Will Smith. And then you get this immovable object with Tommy Lee Jones. And the whole movie is trying to see how that's going to play out. Right, and what really works about that one that I think didn't work as much in the sequels, and especially the international one, from what John was telling me about it, is that you get to discover a lot of stuff with Will Smith's character. Yeah. And so you're kind of along this journey with him, and then once you are engaged in that world, the the magic kind of slowly diminishes the more you know about it, because you're not as as new to it. You know, it's not all, it's not fresh anymore. Yeah. And that happens with a lot of sequels. That's probably what's going to happen with Avatar. <laughs> oh, yeah, Absolutely. I, I yeah, I definitely just feel like it was a great time to be a Will Smith fan, and almost basically the entire world was. And Tommy Lee Jones is great in most things, unless he's in a Batman movie. <laughs> but yeah, I I love that movie. The alien designs are very interesting and strange, different than a lot of stuff you see. Very quirky, you know. There's that word again. It's it's a very quirky uh, comedy, a sci-fi comedy. I want, actually want to go back and rewatch it because it's been a while, and I really did not care about International coming out. I like the people that are in it, but I would always rather just go back and watch the first one. I know it's good, and I know it's not going to disappoint. So I remember seeing that movie in theaters when I was a kid, and I don't know why I remember this, but I had to go to the bathroom seven times. I went pee seven times during that movie, so I probably didn't watch too much of it. Sounds like me when I go to the movies. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters, but I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I only I left pee. once during Ad Astra last night, just just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I deserve a trophy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, obviously, that's not an exhaustive list, but we hope that you got some enjoyment out of that. If there are any comedies that we missed, and I'm sure there are. I got John texting me right now. He also wanted to mention Ghostbusters. <laughs> and oh, he yeah. Said, Safety not guaranteed, which uh, we just talked about. So, I mean, Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters is a classic. I mean, to me, that's a little bit more of a horror comedy. Yeah. But I think a case could be made that it's it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you have enough of the um, the traps and the the the, the, the pseudoscience type stuff right. to make it kind of science fiction. It can borderline on that where they try to, they try to add some real world type of technology, even though it is, you know, the, the, the crazy laser beams that they're shooting around and everything. And you have the giant stay puffed marshmallow man at the end, but that's iconic. Everything about that is that movie is iconic. And that's another movie where you can't speak too much to the sequels. As a kid, I liked the second one, but as an adult, it really doesn't do much for me. And I have not even gotten close to watching the like reboot that they made. I like the people that are in it. I love all of those people from SNL. I just, I wasn't interested. Again, it's just a case of the original was perfect, made it the perfect time. We don't need more, but we're getting more, apparently. Apparently, yeah. They're supposed to be making an actual three, right? Yeah. So that's weird. Because all those guys are super old. Well, yeah. And I mean, especially like some of them still, they're not alive anymore. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, they've been, they talked about doing that before they even talked about doing the remake. Or whatever the 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 female driven one was. Yeah. So we'll see if that actually happens. I mean, at this point, they keep saying they're going to make a lot of shit, and we still don't get any of it. I think that on our last episode, we absolutely should have had Dan Aykroyd on as a guest because that guy is all about the aliens. He is all about the conspiracy theories now. Oh, what was that thing that came up immediately after Tom, we recorded? Tom DeLong. Yes, right? Tom yeah. DeLong, the one of the singers from Blink One Eighty Two. He submitted footage. To the, the to the FBI or something, right? And they yeah. confirmed that those were unidentified unidentified flying objects. Yeah, which I mean doesn't is not a confirmation of aliens. It's just that his specific footage was something that they didn't have any record of. It sounds like they don't they don't they're not able to identify it, which is what a UFO really is. People think UFO and they immediately think alien, but really it's just anything in the sky that people get images or footage of that can't be explained. That's an unidentified flying object. Right. So, I mean, it's interesting. It's exciting. I, I know we were both like shit when that came out because we had just <laughs> done the episode about aliens and, and real life encounters. I just want to see how it pans out, see if it gains some sort of traction. Um, the Area 51 thing is already kind of passed and blown over as far as I can tell. So, Oh, was that supposed to happen? Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing articles pop up on it, but... Nothing happened? Yeah, I think most of the people just showed up in the town that's closest to it and partied. 
Fuck. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like fun. Yeah, I would do it. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get too off topic, I guess we'll go ahead and jump into our watch list. Patrick, what is it? Where are you going? I've got to return some video tapes. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and now that the third one is out, like I mentioned, I would highly recommend the Hell House LLC movies. I can't highly recommend the third one, but I, I think that if you're a fan of this podcast and you're a fan of horror, then I think you will enjoy at least the first two. Uh, and then, and that's definitely, I mean, your recommendation is influenced, again, what I'm probably going to end up doing when I get home tonight is putting those movies on, <laughs> because I have been wanting to put something on that I know is probably going to be pretty spooky and turn the lights down and make some popcorn or something and and get spooked that so fantastic yeah i'm super excited for it mine is not uh, something that i watched but it's actually something that i played recently i'd seen it played before it's a game that's been out for a while it's gained a lot of traction has a bit pretty big fan base it's a game called dead by daylight oh, i haven't heard of that what's that one about so dead by daylight is a game where you play on a closed map the maps are it's a horror game they're typically horror themed it comes with a cast of survivor characters and a cast of killer characters and there have been games like this that have existed before there was a game called evolve where you played a monster and you had to hunt down several other players that were playing online as the 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 hunters or the survivors in this i believe it's four people play as the survivors so you're playing online uh each survivor has different stats they all have different styles you can unlock uh skill trees to make them have different perks and things but basically the idea is you get thrown into this map there are usually five generators on the map for you to escape. And as a survivor, your goal is to get to these generators, repair them, get them started, while one player is playing as a killer. And there's different themes. So there's there's a guy that uses, he's a butcher, and he uses like bear traps. There's a nurse who can teleport, she can like teleport around the map, and she's like a ghostly uh, nurse. There's all kinds of different ones. And the killer typically has, is faster, has more powers, but the game is so immersive, you really want to play it with headphones because things like you can hear your heartbeat start to get faster as the oh, killer wow. approaches and it tells you. Or when you're fixing things, it'll do a little creepy musical sting to tell you that you have to do a quick command to avoid something exploding in your face. And basically the goal is to get all the generators. The killer is trying to sacrifice you to this ent- entity. So if he gets you and he hits you a couple times, you're down. And then he picks you up, and you have to try to struggle before he hooks you, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. And if your other players don't come and rescue you and heal you, you get sacrificed to the entity, and you're out of the game for that round. And if it gets down to the last person, then there are options for finding an escape hatch that's hidden on the map. And if you're that last player, you have to try to get there before the killer gets you. So, super fun game. It's pretty difficult when you're first starting out, and I just got it. The coolest thing, though, the most exciting thing about this game is that they have a ton of really cool DLC. They have Michael Myers, and you can play in a Haddonfield-style map where you're playing what? at the Myers house and running around. They have Ghostface is a more recent addition. They have Freddy. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so they have all of these classic horror characters, and then they just recently came out with a Stranger Things DLC pack where Whoa. you can play as Steve or Nancy, and the new killer is the Demogorgon. That's fucking tight. And you can make portals into the upside down and travel around the map. And the Demogorgon can eat people's heads with his... You can run around and eat people's heads with your open mouth thing. And they have a whole Hawkins Laboratory new map where it has the upside down like tendrils and things. And just recently got the game. Got it downloaded on my computer. So uh, I'm probably going to be playing the shit out of that. It's a ton of fun for anybody who's a horror fan, especially if you want to play as those iconic characters. They're a lot of fun to play as. It sounds similar to the Friday the 13th game. Yeah, it's very similar in, in that style. I think just done with more money behind it. And and there's a lot more... It's a lot more immersive. There's a lot more... You have to be wearing headphones, really, or or have your sound turned up because there's so much of it. And it, it, it's scary. They're really... They're, when the killer's coming up on you, you're you're sweating, you're jumping. <laughs> it's it's like you're playing out a, a, a horror movie and you can play on these in these iconic maps and, and you know, Freddy Krueger-styled maps and all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. Is it on any other platforms besides PC, or is that primarily where it's at? Yeah, so it looks like it's actually available on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Android. Damn! Yeah, so that it's uh, developed by Behavior, Behavior Interactive. It's classified as an asymmetrical horror game. We might have to 
get another version of it on a different system and just get down on that shit. Yeah, I think we would all have a ton of fun playing it. It's 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 definitely up our alley. That is going to wrap it up for this week. Next week, as promised, I promise again, double promise, that we are going to be talking about Ad Astra. So keep an ear out for that. And then that'll be it for the Sci-Fi September. And look forward to our 31 Terror Tales for October. That's coming up very soon. And we will post that in advance week to week so that if you want to follow along, that's available for you to do so. Yeah, I think that would be a ton of fun. I've done the 31 Terror Tales. Before it was even called 31 Terror Tales, it was just me wanting to get the most as an adult out of my Halloween. You know, <laughs> you don't have things like trick-or-treating when you're an adult. So you really got to, if you love Halloween, you got to do the most to get the most out of it. And so I thought, hey, 31 days. I used to watch the, the 13 nights of Halloween, the 31 days of Halloween type stuff on TV when I was a kid. So I thought, I'll make my own list. Done it for a couple of years. And, and and then you joined me the the most recent time that we did it. And now it's going to be all three of us if John ever gets back from the upside down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks also, John, for calling in. Love to hear from the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. He is a fan. But other than that, that is going to wrap it up this week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Keep it creepy. You can find Porcelain Peak on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you're going to listen to PodCoin, don't forget to use the code PORCELAIN. That's P-O-R-C-E-L-A-I-N for 300 free coins. Wherever you listen, don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe so you never miss a spine-tingling episode. Don't forget to follow us at Porcelain Peak on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or check us out on PorcelainPeak.com for additional content. Special thanks to Randy Greer for writing and producing our intro song, and to Anthony Silva for designing the Porcelain Peak logo. This has been here for this fair a weird production.